Hello and welcome back to Phil in Exile, the podcast where you and I become codependent friends over the internet. Uh, it's it's uh, the week before Christmas. Uh, Christmas will happen before next week's episode. So I'm thinking I'm thinking holidays. I'm thinking family. I'm thinking uh, time together. I'm thinking Christmas movies and gifts and all these things. And I was thinking about. Uh, you know, Christmas gifts. And I remembered a very, a, a very big event in my household as a child when we got our first ever video system, video game system. It was called Pong. Uh, if you don't know about this, I'm sh- you can find it, I'm sure, on the internet. It was, it was, it was like, if it wasn't the first actual video game system for the home, it was maybe the second one. But uh, it was, it was a, a a game, and it just it was just the one game. You bought this console that plugged into your TV, and it just had the one game, Pong, which was like ping pong, basically. It just it had two little lines on either side of the screen and a dot that went between them. I know it sounds crude and primitive by uh, modern standards, but in uh, nineteen this would have been gosh nineteen seventy six, maybe nineteen seventy seven. Uh, it was a big deal. <clears throat> this is the same year Star Wars came out, you know, in 77. Like, it was, we felt like we were living in the future, you know. Here we were in Oklahoma City, but we were in the future. It was the space age, man. And uh, and we got this game. I would have been probably f- four or five, um, depending on what year we got it. But I think it was around 76 or 77. And, um, and I... I I wanted to play really badly, but I, I have two older brothers who are, who are noticeably older than me, which I love to, I love to bring up now that we're all approaching, you know, our, our, uh, AARP years, but, um, you know, they, they were obviously more coordinated and, and had better hand-eye coordination here. I was four or five, but I, you know, I wanted to play the game. I wanted to play the game and they were like, no, 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 we're going to play. We'll let you play later. And I was, I was feeling kind of, I was feeling kind of, kind of sore about the whole thing. And I was probably being sulky and whiny. And um, <clears throat> and so the family's in. My parents are, you know, they had set up the the console with the TV and they were watching my brothers play it. And they could see the just unbridled happiness that this, this uh, game was creating in our home. Little did we all know that... Uh, you know, computers and screens and games would destroy all of us. But, but I had a, I, I had a glimpse into how it could destroy all of us, stealing our attention span. So that very night, that that Christmas night, my mom had made a beautiful meal, and we had had um, some sort of, you know, some sort of steak dinner kind of thing. I don't remember, but I remember at one point, um, uh, my mom had brought out something like, I guess it was a platter or something, and it had had like the roast beef or the prime rib or something on it. And you know, you know how if you bring out a a a, a platter or something, a serving dish, and, and there's some grease, there's you know from the cooking, some drippings and things like that. Well, my mom had brought this out to the big dining room table. We'd got we'd had our nice we 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 often ate in the kitchen at the kitchen table, but Christmas night we ate at the dining room table, the fancy table with the you know, the 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 nicer the nicer china and things like that. And so we'd had dinner and then we'd got we'd oh, let's go in and play with the game, play with the game, play with the game. So we just left everything on the dining room table. And because I wasn't getting to play and I was being sulky, I went off to pout 
in the next room, in the dining room. I think I was probably doing that thing where I'm like, well, I'm going to go in the other room and I won't even be in there. And then they'll feel bad that they're not including me. By the way, nobody ever feels bad that they're not including a pouting five-year-old. Everyone's delighted that the pouting five-year-old has left the room. That the pouting five-year-old thinks he's really punishing everyone is funny, but you know, that's how the five-year-old pouting brain works. Anyhow, I had gone into the next room, into the dining room, to 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 pout and sulk and to punish them all by the by my lack of presence in their lives. And they were somehow carrying on with, with great uh, joy and happiness together in the next room. But when I went into the dining room, I looked and I noticed there was fire on the middle of the table. The table was on fire. And what had happened was we had had, you know, because it was a fancy Christmas dinner, we'd put candles out. Uh, we'd had candles on little uh, candlesticks, uh, candlesticks on candle stands. And I guess somehow one of them had fallen over and it had fallen over into the pan drippings and lit them on fire. And there was a fire in the middle of the table. It wasn't a huge fire, but there was a fire in the middle of the table that was, you know, increasingly growing in size. And I came into the other room and I said, hey, you all, there's a there's a fire in the in the dining room. And they were kind of like, yeah, brother, like, Phil, I know you want to play the game and I know you're upset, but don't, don't pull a stunt like this. Don't do this. And I was like, no, there's a fire in the middle of the table. They were like, yeah, duh. They're called candles. Of course. There's I said, no, something's different. There's a fire in the middle of the table. And finally, my parents were like, okay, we should just, you know, go see. And they got up and they came in and sure enough, there was a fire and it was like, whoa, there's a fire. And then we all went into high gear and I think my dad got the fire extinguisher and they were swatting it with a towel or something. Anyhow, the fire was extinguished. No damage beyond the table. The table carried that scar for the rest. I mean, I don't even remember what happened to that table, where that table is. It probably got sold in the estate sale. But we kept that table forever and it had that black scar in the middle of the table where it had begun to burn the table. And we just, you know, would put like a tablecloth over it. But uh, yeah, I would like to think of that as two critical things happened that day. One is I saved everyone's life. I'm a hero and they should never forget it. Um, I saved all of their lives, uh, even though they weren't letting me play Pong. And two, uh, it was, yeah, it was sort of prophetic that uh, video games are here to destroy all of us by stealing our attention from what really matters. So there you go. Take your eyes off the games. Ladies and gentlemen, Put your eyes in the real world. It's good for you. Also, you might prevent a fire. That's just a handy tip. So, I I have been binging on all the holiday things here with my family. Uh, we've been binging on, obviously, delicious things. We have, there are many delicious things associated with the holidays. And, the, and what's great here in, in Germany is the Christmas market thing. You can pretty much just get in your car or get on a train, drive to the next town, and there will be a Christmas market. And I'm, if I'm honest, they're, they're not different from each other. Like, guess what? You're going to go there and you're going to find some grilled meats. You're going to find some Reibachuken, which is this little potato pancake. You're going to find Glühwein. You're going to find, you know... Uh, 
Well, and you're going to find churros. For some reason, churros have made their, their appearance now. Crepes, you know, so we're getting, we get a little, little from a little Spain, a little, little France. Anyhow, it, it, it's not, there's going to be a ride, some very sketchy looking ride for kids to ride, like a Ferris wheel or a, a little carousel. But it's not, there's nothing new. But, but I got to tell you, I love the excuse of saying, all right, let's go to the next town and, you know, get something delicious. So we've been enjoying all of the delicious things associated with the holidays, but we've also been, um, consuming our, 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 our holiday media. And uh, I got to say, Christmas music is the best. Just can I, can I get an amen on that? Christmas music is the best. And I, I'm, I'm a huge jazz fan. Like I, I, I wish I could go out and, and get people to understand how amazing and incredible jazz is. That's this art form that sort of summarizes the, the, po- the possibility of, humanity and it's also sort of a history lesson on the 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 messy way America came into being and I mean I just everything about jazz is fantastic and it just swings and like when it's good it just makes like my 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 hairs on the back of my neck stand up and my palms sweat and I just uh, jazz is the best anyhow and then there's Christmas jazz Christmas jazz there's a whole subset of jazz that's Christmas jazz that's just fantastic now if you're not a jazz fan first of all come on I mean come on jazz is the greatest but Christmas jazz surely you can like make an exception for some Christmas jazz I mean, I think it's possible that you can understand that this is an important thing that we do is listen to some Christmas jazz because there's so much good Christmas jazz. So I'm going to make a recommendation. If you're feeling a little humbuggy, you're not feeling the Christmas spirit. I Here's your assignment. OK, go out and listen to this album on your streaming platform or order it from you know Amazon or whatever it is you do. Ella Fitzgerald wishes you a swinging Christmas. Just take it from your old pal, Phil. Go listen to this album. And in particular, listen to Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Oh, it's so good. She, they, they, they find the groove, the rhythm section in that one. They just hit the pocket and it's perfect. And it's just the perfect rhythm. And they're just just got this laid back swing and her voice is so sultry and amazing and just oh, she's it's she's the best. Go listen to that one. And if you can't get some happy holiday juju going, then, I you know, I don't know. You need to like go get some counseling because it's amazing. It's amazing. That album. Oh, and and then, uh, you know, in a week you can listen to What Are You Doing New Year's Eve, which is just romantic and beautiful and fantastic. Oh, great album. Ella Fitzgerald. Ella wishes you a swinging Christmas. Just trust me. Just trust me. It's good for you. Go listen to that. I mean, there's millions of other great Christmas albums of all genres, but I'm telling you, Ella wishes you a swinging Christmas is, is it's at the top. It's amazing. So, yeah, we've been listening to the Christmas music. You know, we have pretty strict rules about when in the year we can listen to that. And that has to happen after Thanksgiving. You know, it's between Thanksgiving and New Year's. And then you got to put it away. So it's a short window. So we've really been hitting that. We've also been hitting our Christmas movies. Um, We watched, uh, you know, we watched White Christmas because we love a good 1950s song and dance musical. Uh, We, I haven't yet done It's a Wonderful Life. I kind of have to get in the right headspace for that one. Cause I know I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry 
when Mr. Gower smacks around the young, you know, George Bailey and he, oh, it's, it's a tough scene. It's a hard one. It makes me so sad, you know, and then the ending is, oh, and, and has anybody else noticed it, it, that movie might just be a little bit of socialist propaganda? Not, not that I have a problem with that. I just, I think there might be a little bit there, like, every, you know, the big bank versus the common man and the, you know, everybody deserves four walls and a, and a bath and. I don't know. This is, this is interesting, but I love I love me some. It's a Wonderful Life, but I got, I got to be in the right frame of mind. Otherwise, I'll, I'll I you know I mean I know I'm going to cry. I just don't want to cry the whole time. So I need to be up for the game on that one. Um, we we also include Die Hard in there. My daughter made a convincing argument a number of years ago that Die Hard does belong in the Christmas canon. Okay, that's fine. It does have a lot of Christmassy elements, but um, also a lot of mayhem and and violence but yeah okay I'll, I'll go with it um you know elf i can i came to elf later in life and so i i don't love it the way everybody else loves it but i i know that don't get mad i it's good i just don't i don't love it the way a lot of people love it i don't it doesn't do for me what it does for some people but that's okay hey man different strokes for different folks with and with that being said i am gonna defend love actually and i know i know there's a lot of controversy about Love Actually and that people get really upset and then they talk about how there's a lot of unhealthy relationships in that film. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. They, they, they are, in fact, I would say most of them are messed up in one way or another. But I kind of think that's the point. I don't think you're supposed to watch Love Actually and go, I need to emulate these relationships. Like, which one would you pick? The, the novelist who wants to marry the woman that he has yet to have a full conversation with, or um, let's see, the guy who's stalking his best friend's wife, even after they're married, um, or I guess there's the, the prime minister wanting to date one of his employees, or the office romance, well, but she, that's, she's got the boundaryless relationship with her mentally ill brother. I mean, they got the cheating husband. I don't look at any of these and go, well, this is a model for a healthy relationship necessarily. I mean, strangely, the body doubles that are not really focused on a whole lot have the most evolved relationship in terms of it beginning with conversation and getting to know each other and then moving up to just having a, you know, a simple date out and and anyhow. But I, I don't look at this film and think y- you you want to have these things go this way for you. But what I do see is a lot of those have happened to us. I mean, come on, be honest. Have you had at least one goofed up or sketchy, like romantic entanglement where you look back and go, whew, that was bad. That was not, that wasn't great. But man, I felt it with intensity. I mean, I have. Someday I'll regale you with stories of my goofy, cringy love life. But I mean, I'll save that for Valentine's. The point is, is that I look at love actually and I'm like, it's messy and and goofed up. And the same way that Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream has all these people who are falling in love and out of love with the right and wrong people and getting confused. And, yeah, you know, this, this I don't know, it's that whole... Love makes you do crazy things. I remember taking a a class on the British romantic poets when I was in college. And 
it was great class, but man, those were some tormented people. You know what is it was it was a mess. Those those British romantic poets, they were up and down and mostly down. Let's be honest with moments of elation, but mostly down, you know. So course of true love never did go smoothly. So anyhow, I am going to defend love, actually, not because I think you should pattern your love life after it, but because I think. I think we can identify with at least one of those goofed up relationships somewhere in there. I'm not going to tell you which ones I know about, but yeah, there you go. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a pass. I like it. I like it. But what I like best is Charlie Brown Christmas. Watched it last night, Charlie Brown Christmas. And, uh, and it, it, it does a thing for me, and I'll, I'll warn you, if, you're, if you can't stand to hear any references to God and religion, you should, you know, turn off now. But I, I, I watch Charlie Brown's Christmas, and I, I feel all the feels, as the kids say. I, I, I love it. And, and I, I noticed when I watched it, man, everybody's really hard on poor Charlie Brown. You know, they're very, like, I think we'd use the terms verbally abusive now. Um, to describe the way his friends talk to him. Um, and even Snoopy laughs at him like, that's not cool. But, you know, I was watching that and you know, you've probably seen it. You've probably seen it. Uh, they're trying to put on the Christmas play and Charlie Brown's going to direct the play and nobody's shown him any respect. And they're all talking about the gifts they want and, and commercialism and materialism. And, and he's, really disgusted by the whole thing and he thinks getting a Christmas tree is going to make it better and he goes out and he gets this poor decrepit you know shabby little tree and brings it back and everybody gives him even more grief about this and they call him blockhead I I gotta tell you I I feel like we need to bring blockhead back that's a good I've just said don't be verbally abusive but blockhead that's a good one you know it's a good one anyhow it's better than some of the other things we call each other so you know, they're yelling at him and saying, you can't get anything right. And he's it's just at his wits end, this poor guy. And he's just, oh, what's it all about? And that's when Linus steps in. You know, Linus says, well, I'll tell you what it's about, Charlie Brown. In his little Linus voice. <laughs> I had a student a number of years ago who had a voice that sounded just like Linus. I mean, exactly. And I confess that I would sometimes have him like, say lines from the the show just because it sounded like I had Linus live in my classroom. Um, anyhow, the, this moment happens where he says, I'll tell you what it's about, Charlie Brown. And you know the, the way it goes. He, you know, he quotes from memory this little section from the Gospels in the Bible about the an- announcements to the shepherds of the birth of Christ. And what struck me last night and it's I, I don't I don't know why it s- struck me last night so much, because I mean I know the story. I went to seminary for crying out loud for graduate school and studied the Bible and theology. I know this story, I know it through and through. But it struck me because the story starts with angels saying, "I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people," and then he's they say. The Savior is born for you. And then it ends with peace on earth and goodwill towards people. So it starts with good news, great joy, and finishes with peace on earth, goodwill to all people. 
This is this is the announcement of of Jesus being born. The angels speaking on behalf of God to a group of shepherds, which that's that's interesting too, because shepherds were social outcasts in their own community. Uh, they worked with animals, so they weren't clean, and so they were kind of not part of polite society. But the angels go out and tell the shepherds, they tell these outcast people, I got great news for you. I have great news. And, and this applies to everybody, peace and goodwill to everyone. This applies to everybody. And it struck me. Here's the topic of the day. Here's, here's the topic of the day. Why have Christians for so long gotten that wrong? Why, why is it that Christians, instead of having a posture of peace on earth and goodwill towards everyone, decide that they want to go to war with everyone and they want to condemn and judge and, and attack everyone? And I know it's not all Christians, but boy, it sure seems like it's a lot of them through history. And there's certainly a lot of voices like that right now. And it's just peculiar to me because if you go actually read the Bible, which I know that's asking a lot. Most people don't. They would they can talk about the Bible <laughs> that they haven't read. But anyhow, I, I have read it. I'm a fan. It's it's the best book I've ever read. But if you go read it, the people who are walking around in hate and judgment of everyone, who are constantly telling everyone how bad and horrible they are, those people are considered the bad guys in the story. Not the good guys. They're the bad guys. The ones condemning everybody and telling everybody how horrible they are. They're the bad guys. So how is it that so often in the name of Christianity, people are doing the very thing that's considered the bad guy thing and missing what the angels said at the very beginning of the whole story, which is this is good news and there's peace and goodwill to everyone. Do you, do you, I mean, is that is that what... Christianity is known for these days, wishing goodwill to everyone. <laughs> I feel like it might not be. I feel like that might not be what people think of when they think Christianity these days. Peace on earth and goodwill towards everyone. I don't know if they think that. But I just want to say to you, regardless of what you celebrate or don't celebrate this time of year, regardless of what you believe or don't believe, Uncle Phil here wants to tell you, Peace on earth and goodwill to you, friend. Goodwill to you, whoever you are. Whoever you are, I wish you peace and goodwill. Period. Full stop. No qualification. Because I figure if that's what God said he wanted the angels to say, then I probably shouldn't, you know, suggest anything else in this situation. I think the point is good news, great joy, Jesus' birthday, peace on earth, goodwill to everybody. Whether you celebrate and believe what I believe or not, peace and goodwill to you. So there you go. That's all I've got for this holiday season. I hope that you will have a lovely time of celebration. If nothing else, maybe celebrate a couple days off work. Hope you can do that. And, and listen to that Ella Fitzgerald dog on it. I'm telling you. It's going to change your mood. It's good stuff. So with that being said, I want to say, as always, I wish peace and love to everyone.